I was a freshman when I first read the book that is called Texts of Terror. Texts of Terror by Phyllis Tribble. This book is written by a woman who picks out some passages from the Bible and looks at them from the perspective of the women. Women who went through some really, really hard things. Terrifying things, indeed. And one of the passages that she chose was the one that we heard this morning from the book of Genesis. The story of a slave girl named Hagar whose life was thrust upon her, who had very little freedom or opportunity, and who suffered. It was customary for a patriarch like Abraham to have a few slaves to bring along as he traveled to this new land that God had promised him. And God had promised him that he and his wife Sarah would have a son. But then nothing happened for years. And Sarah grew very anxious. And you know what happens to us when we get very anxious, don't you? Well, most people tend to behave very similarly when they're in a period of high anxiety. We tend to overfunction, don't we? We try to fix it. We often try to fix things that are not within our control. And often, we make a bigger mess, don't we? Sarah gets so anxious, she can't rely on God. She can't trust that God's promise will be fulfilled. She's getting so darn old that she decides to take matters into her own hands. And by golly, she comes up with a plan Oh boy. Now don't be mistaken, a lot of the injustices of women happened by women, to women. It was Sarah's idea. She said to Abraham, why don't you take that, my slave girl, Hagar, just take her into your tent, and if she has a baby, then I can claim it as ours, and that'll be good enough. Because I can't wait anymore. So Abraham takes this slave girl. No one asks her permission, whether she wants this or not. And sure enough, she has a son. They name him Ishmael, and all seems okay for a while until God's actual promise does take place, and Sarah becomes pregnant, and she herself has a son whom she names Isaac. 
And it is when Sarah watches those two little boys, the baby and the toddler, playing together that she gets incredibly jealous and anxious again. And this time she overfunctions in a terrible way. She calls Abraham to her and says, I can't stand the sight of that woman and her son. That boy will not play with my son. You get rid of her and the child. Now, Abraham is decent enough to be troubled by this. Maybe not so much for Hagar, but for his son, Ishmael. But God tells him it'll be okay. So there's this heartbreaking scene where Abraham brings Hagar and her child out to the edge of Beersheba, the wilderness, the desert. And he hangs a skin of water, an animal skin with water in it, over her shoulder. And he gives her some bread. And then he hands her her child in the other arm. And tells her to go. A young mother walking out into the desert with her toddler in a place where dehydration can happen within hours, death within hours. It's that dry. They finish the water in the skin and the bread. Hagar places her son under a bush. It's a little shady there. And she goes off a distance and she just sits in the dirt and cries. She's terrified and totally powerless. And she says to herself, I don't want to watch my child die. And in this moment of incredible loss and oppression and injustice, who should show up but an angel? And the angel says to Hagar, it's okay. Don't be afraid. Get up. You're not going to die. Your son's not going to die. In fact, your son will be the father of great nations. Look. And Hagar sees a well of water. And she goes and fills the skin with water and, and gives her boy something to drink. It's a terrible story! Except the end. I like the end. I hope that most of us will not ever have to go through something that terrible as Hagar went through, but all of us will experience loss. It's unavoidable. It's like if you went out in one of these Florida rainstorms and tried not to get wet. Someone that you love is going to die. 
if you love people. Something is going to happen to you that is unfair and unjust. You will struggle because that's the nature of this world. And you will be afraid. Sometimes I get afraid. I wake up in the middle of the night and I think about my young adult sons and my stepchildren now, and I get afraid. I don't know what's going to happen. It's natural to be afraid. And it's natural to get anxious the way that Sarah did. But what we don't want to do is act upon our anxiety and our fear the way that Sarah did. What we need to do is to learn to trust in God. There is a great book that was just written recently. It's called The Anxiety Opportunity. When I read the title, I was like, that can't be right. The Anxiety Opportunity. But the subtitle is How Worry Can Be the Door to Your Best Self. How Worry Can Be the Door to Your Best Self. And this author, Curtis Chang, he talks about how he and his daughter used to have these parties at their house and they would fill up a big pail full of ice and they'd put their sodas in it, right? And everybody would have a good time. At the end of the party, he and his daughter started play, playing a game with the ice water when she was about nine. The game was that they would stick their entire arm in the ice water up to their shoulder and see how long they could hold it in there. Sounds brutal, especially for a nine-year-old. But Curtis knew the secret. He didn't tell his daughter because he liked winning. What's the secret about ice water? If you put your arm in there, it's going to hurt like heck for a while, isn't it? It's going to really hurt. But then it gets numb, and then something miraculous happens. Your muscles all loosen up. All the stress goes away. They use ice baths for extreme athletes because it's so good for your muscles. So Curtis's daughter, when she was nine, would go, oh my gosh, and she'd pull her arm out fast. But as she got older, she began to get smarter. She began to realize that, hey, maybe, although it feels like my arm's going to fall off, maybe it won't. In fact, maybe I'm going to be okay. It took her until her 18th birthday, but finally she kept her arm in there so long that Curtis gave up, and she won. It's normal for us to be afraid of loss and pain. Jesus in the gospel today tells us that our lives are going to be hard, but to trust in God and not to be afraid that God has counted every single hair on your head. God loves you so much and knows you so well, but loss is inevitable 
And we must learn to love God more than anyone else. Anyone else. Anxiety is produced when we try to avoid loss. Like Sarah did. She couldn't handle the pressure of waiting for that child, so she tried to avoid it by fixing something, by making it happen herself. And that's what caused worse pain. If instead we can just hold on when things are hard and not try to control those things that are beyond our control, to do our best, yes, but also just to believe that everything will be okay, something miraculous happens. Jesus says those who lose their life will gain it. You must take up your cross and follow me. It's all right. It's all right when life hurts, when it's frightening. It's all right when you're not sure what to do next. Hold on. Angels will come. Joy comes in the morning. Resurrection life comes when we move through the hard stuff. Not around it, not running away from it, but through it. I think about Hagar sitting there in the dirt, crying, and then that angel appearing. And I think, you know what? I don't think this is a text of terror. I think it's a text of triumph. Because in the end, she became the mother of nations. After all that hardship, it wasn't the end of the story. And when you look back on your life, what will you say? It was hard, it was difficult. Or will you say, I made it, I did it. Look what was born. Look what I learned. Look what happened to me. The angels will come. Hold on, my friends. Hold on. Amen.